0: Welcome to Turning Point Leadership Podcast with your host, Ron Harvey of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. Ron's delighted you joined us and excited to discuss and help you navigate your journey towards becoming an effective leader. During this podcast, Ron will share his core belief that effective leadership is one of the key drivers towards change. So together, let's grow as leaders. Here's Ron Harvey. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Ron Harvey. I'm the Vice President and the Chief Operating Officer of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. And we're coming to you this morning with Turning Point Leadership, Moving from Success to Significance. It's our podcast that we do on the first and third Wednesday of every month. And I'm always delighted and excited about the people that we bring to share with you for your continued growth as a leader on the Turning Point Leadership podcast. So I'm excited to have with, with us today one of my good friends I've been knowing for years who does phenomenal work in Columbia, South Carolina, and that's Dr. Cynthia Walters. It's an honor to have her. So uh, Dr. Walters, thank you for joining me this morning for 20 Point Leadership Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Ron, and thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> yes, It's exciting. I mean, you bring a lot to the table, so I will tell our guests to get ready for all the wisdom and, and the knowledge that you're going to share with them as we go into our topic. Is there anything you would like to to share, just to introduce yourself to the audience as they listen to us?
1: Good morning, audience. I am Cynthia Walters. I have been a healthcare professional for over 40 years. I've worked in different venues. I've served as a director of education. I've served as a director of organization development. And currently, I serve as the director of diversity and inclusion for Prisma Health. And I am honored to say over my 40-year career, it's been a pleasure to work with some wonderful people. And I hope that as I have worked with them, that I have poured as much into them as they have poured into me. So thank you again, Ron, for this opportunity.
0: It is an honor to have you. And it's an opportunity for both of us. And it definitely is a treat for our audience. So Dr. Walters, you know, things have, have, have shifted or or kind of been disrupted for a while us. covid a lot of things happened. In, and right now within the workforce, there are a lot of shortages. I mean, companies, people are resigning. There are shortages. It's hard to hire people. People are trying to figure out how do they, f- first of all, find the best talent? And when they find them, how do they retain them? And so in your line of work, you're, you're at Prisma Health and you're, and you're doing great things. What are some things that you've noticed in, in your time with workforce shortages that leaders ought to pay attention to?
1: Ron, I think two things I've noticed in the last couple of years as we have workplace shortages is number one, you have to pay attention to the workforce as your employees, your team members. And number two, you have to pay attention to the workplace. I think these two things work together to help us retain our team members to make it a place where they want to get up and come every day. I like to say, I believe most team members come to give 110%. And as they come to give 110%, they expect the organization to care that much about them so that the organization gives 110%. So as we think about workforce shortages now, let's look at retention, let's look at recruitment, and let's look at recognition of those that choose to stay.
0: Yeah, I mean, and thank you for sharing this. So you're looking at the workforce itself, then you're looking at the workplace. What What are some things as a leader, if I'm new an organization or, or I've been in an organization for a while with these shortages, what are some things that you you would recommend to a leader such as myself to pay attention to the workforce? What are some things I could be doing?
1: I think for me, the first thing I would do is look at the strategy. What am I trying to accomplish? And what What do I want my organization to look like? And what do I want my organization to bring to the community, to the industry? So first look at the strategic plan. Knowing I have a shortage of workers, what's most important? And how do we continue to identify those priorities and those things that we must get done? Once we have a strategy, then for me, it's to look at my workforce. What are their competencies? What are their skills? What can they do? What can they not do? Where are those shortages? And how do you upskill your team members to work in those areas perhaps they've never worked in before as you continue to recruit? And when you recruit, that means looking at non-traditional resources. When you recruit, that means Building your own workforce. Where are those things in your organization that you can move people, maybe, that are front line to help them to develop other skills so that they can fill some of those most critical places? I know as we look at this workforce shortage, just sometimes we have to grow our own. We yes. To, you know, and as we grow our own, that gives those that are there a sense of wow, this organization values me, they want to pour into me, they want me to stay here. And maybe there's some things I can do that I did not know before that I can do. And when the organization is willing to give the team member its best, I think in turn, the team member will give the organization its best. That will create an environment of engagement and maybe less turnover.
0: Wow. I, I mean, think of this, which, what I'm hearing from you, Dr. Walters, is it's a, it's a complete mindset shift from leaders and organizations where before, you know, you paid them a good salary and you, you had them there from eight to five at the desk. And there's just things that you just knew people were going to be there for a long time. So it's causing leaders to begin to shift and say, how do we take better care of the people that we actually need to be successful in your world, in your space? What role does diversity and inclusion play into helping us fill in some of these gaps that we're having in the workforce shortages?
1: You know, I think as I think about diversity and inclusion, one of my favorite definitions is that definition of belonging, where people can show up, feel affirmed, and feel a sense of acceptance. And when I say belonging, I'm not saying anything goes in the organization because the organization has a brand. It has an expectation. It has goals. But as much as you can allow your team members to show up and be themselves, contribute to the organization, not try to force one-size-fits-all, but give your team members an opportunity to engage in conversation, to have a voice around their work, regardless of their diversity, connections. Again, let them know that you value them, that you respect them. And another thing is promotion. You know, look at your promotion rates. Look at who are you promoting? Why are you promoting people? What does your job description look like, your job functions? Is it clear that everyone has a 100% opportunity to advance as other individuals You know, sometimes we look at our organizations, those diversity dimensions are not considered. But how do we consider and see people as people? Again, I show up and give your organization a hundred, sometimes a hundred and ten percent. How can you make sure in return I am valuable to that organization and I am seen and I stand as much opportunity as anybody else in the organization?
0: Wow. Yeah. I thought, and, and Dr. Walters I think you're, you're, you're spot on for everyone that's listening to us is is how do you make sure you're leveraging everything that's accessible to you to help close the gap on some of these workforce shortages? And, and doing business as usual is, is not the answer anymore. And so it's required us to change how we show up, how we deliver, how we communicate, how we appreciate people versus just tolerating them in the workforce. So it's changed drastically. So we know that in the workforce, if you have someone really, really good in your organization, your your top talent, that if you think they're that great, someone else does too. People are starting to recruit your best people. What do you tell leaders that have someone such as a Dr. Walters or someone that's really good on the team? What do you tell them to retain their top ta- talent? What's a good pr- business practice? Like if you know you got an all-star, you know, everybody wants a LeBron James on their team. But also having a LeBron means everybody wants LeBron again. So someone's always recruiting him. How do you help leaders keep their best talent?
1: I think number one, leaders need to know their talent. You need to spend time as much as possibly individually getting to know who's on your team. I know some of controls are very wide and you can't get to know everybody. But I think as much as you can get to know your team members, if you can get to know what what they value, if you can get to know what their aspirations, what their goals are, What do they expect to be doing in three years? What do they expect to be doing in five years? I think as we think about our talent, you build relationships. I guess that's what I'm saying. Build relationships with your team members so that you get to know them, what they value, and where they want to go in the organization. And, And as much as possible, help them do that. You know, I know some leaders don't want to help team members advance because they think, wow, if I lose this person, then I may not be able to replace them and I'm already at a shortage. But I promise you, as you spend time with your team members and help them to be the best they can be in their organization, in turn, the organization will get that and perhaps there will be less turnover and greater retention and more employee engagement because at the end of the day, People want to know you care about them. They're not just a robot putting tickets together. But that You really care about them. And more importantly, you see them.
0: Wow. So so let me get this right, Dr. Walters. What you're, what you're suggesting to our listeners is develop people so good that somebody else may want them and then make sure you do a good enough job to keep them. So you want me to really get someone ready so somebody else can actually be paying attention to recruit them.
1: And that's what I'm saying, Ron. Because I mean, I think, you build your team, they will walk through a wall for you. That that, that might be Pollyanna's but That has been some of my experience. And then they won't leave for a 50 cent, a 75. You want your salaries to be competitive, but people want more too. Again, at the end of the day, as I do my diversity and inclusion work, I really believe people want to be seen. They want to feel like they bring value to their organization. And most important, they want to be visible. And I've been in those situations where I have not felt visible. And when the opportunity came, you know, you're going to get out of there if you don't feel like you're made.
0: Oh, yes, yes. So for the listeners, it's important that the people that are in your organization show up and they get paid, but they want to be seen. They want to feel valued. They want to feel appreciated for what they bring to your organization. So there's a win-win for everybody involved in the organization. So, Dr. Walters, as, as you think of some of the challenges that people are facing, so the turnover is high, people are, are, are moving simply because they feel like there's more money on the market sometimes, or they feel like it's not an inclusive environment sometimes, or they feel like there's an opportunity for them to work from home and they don't have to spend eight to five, you know. And people used to say work-life balance. I want to give a word to you and tell me what you think about it. Work-life balance is almost like, you know, 50-50, and nothing's really 50-50 all the time. What do you think about work-life integration where where I get to integrate who I am, bring myself to work? I'm a husband. I'm in my church. I'm in the community. I like to do speaking engagements. Like all of those things are important. And and so I, there are different times where I'm putting 50 percent or 60 percent into this particular thing. And there are times when I'm not available and I can only put 20 percent in. So people want to be able to integrate their real life. They don't want to have to shut their whole life out just, you know, once they show up at work.
1: Ron, when I hear work-life integration and how an employer can help a team member or an employee to achieve this, I think about vacation time. I think about holidays. I think about giving team members, employees, permission to take time for themselves. Some organizations when employees take time for themselves, particularly in this era of workforce shortage, yes. we might feel guilty that I can't take time for myself. Perhaps if I take time for myself, then that means another team member has to work harder. Maybe that means somebody's gonna give me the side eye and they're gonna I'm not there to give a hundred and ten percent. So I think Organizations have to build that climate, build that readiness, help team members know okay, we value you when you show up at work. We want you to give 110%, but we know that in order to do that, you've got to fill up. So that means time away from work. And when you're away from work, you're not worrying about what's my leader saying because I took time off? What's my team member saying? because I took time off, but you have a culture that values that, and it's okay to do that, and I think when you have a culture like that, you feel more free to integrate other parts of your life into your work life. Even a leader that, you know, asks the question, how are your children? Oh, well, go to the baseball game. Go to the soccer game. Your your daughter's in a play. Go to that play. You know, a, a culture of encouragement to do these type things versus I need you here. I need you here. I need
0: you here all the time. Yeah, I think you're you're, you're spot on on there, Dr. Walters, where you, you're thinking about like like acknowledging and, and permission and not even permission that the culture allows you to do things that are important to you without feeling guilty or passed over for promotion. You know, it used to be the person that was always available, always did it. No, I can count on them no matter what, even though their, their family was falling apart or something wasn't or their health was deteriorating. They would still be there, and those people were recognized and getting promoted. But but they didn't have a work life integration. It was either all work or or they were marginalized or minimized.
1: But how? Or they- when they retire, they leave with all this vacation time. Yes. You yes. know all this vacation time. Yeah. I'm going to wait until I retire to do this. I'm going to wait till this to do this. And you know you can only put so much in a pocket, and then it starts to overflow. So. Again, a culture that values, and I think leaders have to be the role model. Your, yes. your, your team members have to see you taking time off and tearing up out other aspects of your life than your work life.
0: Yes. I mean, Dr. Walters, you hit on something because, you know, we follow you and we look at you on, on the social media platforms and, and we we like, how does she get it all in? You're working on degrees. You're, you're in the church. You're in your job. You're with your family. You got grandbabies on the way. I mean, so you're, you're exactly right. We have to model what it is that we want other people to be able to do. But leave, struggle at that. How did you get good at being able to do all the stuff that you do and still stay relevant, still get promoted, still stay professional? How did you get good at, like, integrating all of that and not losing your identity?
1: You know, one thing for me, I have a vision board. And on my vision board, you know, I prioritize things that are important to me. You know, and when people talk to me, they know, number one, my family is very important to me. My faith is very important to me. Money is... Is very important to me. <laughs> and sometimes people look at me critically when I say money is important to me. But, you know, money affords me the time and the, and the effort to do things to contribute to my faith, to contribute to my family. So, and I guess at the end of the day, it, it perhaps it's been favor. I mean, that's just always been my life that those three things are important. Now, I'm not saying they're always one-third, one-third. Sometimes it's all faith. Sometimes it's all work. Sometimes it's all family. But as much as I can level that out and give to all three, that's just who I've been all of my life.
0: Yes, yes, and I think that's important for leaders to really define who they are and what's important to them. You know, part of, part of, of the organizations and in, in the leadership role is knowing your values. And, and what matters to you and living those out? Because I think often we put values on a wall, but we don't live them out very well. You'll, t- you'll see the CEO that says, Hey, we value your family. Or, and, but the CEO is not doing it or the leader's not doing it. You know, so I think it's important that we do live what we say we value and, and people are watching to see if we're doing that. So as you, as you think about, you know, workforce shortages and, and you think about where we are today, what would you tell a, a up and coming leader? What would be the the advice that you would show an up-and-coming leader to make sure they take care of their team? What 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 are two or three tips you would give them?
1: Number one, I would tell an upcoming leader to remember we have more than one generation in the workforce. Yes. And one size does not fit all. And whether you are a baby boomer leader, whether you are a millennial leader, whether you are a Gen X, Gen Z, A, leader, you have to know, again, what's important to each of your team members. And as much as possible, get into that space. Again, I think good leaders build trust and they build relationships. And in order to do that, again, it's getting to know your team members, what they value, who they are, and what's important to them. Number two, as much as you can meet their need, I would say try to meet that need. Once you have a strategy, once you know what your business is about, as you hire people, look at their skills, look at their competencies, look at their abilities. And how can you use what they have to help advance your organization as well as advance the life of that team member? Because, you know, sometimes you're trying to squeeze a round peg into a square hole. And I've had leaders that wanted me to do something that was not comfortable with, for me, without upskilling me, without having that conversation with me, and without really understanding who I am and what I bring to the table. That's number two, I guess. And number three, pay your people well. Competitive wages are important. You know, we we all have families. We all have lifestyles. So if you do the first two things, I don't think people will leave for 50 cents. But if you're not doing the first two things well, I mean, some people are going to be for that.
0: Yes, 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 Doctor Walters. I mean, and for those of you that are listening, you know, as Doctor Walters said, is is recognize that you have more than one generation in the workforce, and, and you're going to be flexible, adaptable, and open to to making sure you pay attention to every generation is going to want something different and need something different from you as a leader. So, so one size doesn't fit all. The other thing she shared with us is is meet the needs of your of your people, like get to know them and figure out what they want out of life. And meet their needs, and so that's the second thing she shared with us. And the other is pay people well. I mean, make sure that that if if the company's doing well, then your people should be doing well financially. So the, don't just let the company you know at the end of the year talk about how great we did, and you look at your profit margins, and and you're celebrating at the end of the year, but the entire year your team was looking at like they they barely got paid what they felt they should have been you know compensated for. So, if you're going to celebrate at the end of the year for your profit margins, make sure your people can celebrate throughout the year for how well you're taking care of them. So, Dr. Wallace, a couple of points that I think were super important I heard throughout our conversation is leaders must listen. Leaders have to be really great listeners. The second thing I heard is that you say is that leaders need to build trust and they need to earn trust from the team. And you earn trust based on what you do or don't do. So, you need to earn trust from your team and meeting people where they are. People show up in your workforce and you just don't know what's happening in their life. So be okay with meeting people where they are. And the last thing I heard you say is make sure you really authentically value your teams. Mm-hmm. And show them that you appreciate them in the workforce. So, Dr. Watches, as, as we begin to wind down for our, our listeners today, what is the best advice you've ever received as a leader?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the best advice I've ever received as a leader is you can't turn a ship on a dime. Yes. You can't turn a ship on a dime. Mm-hmm. I I want things when I want things. You know.
0: you like the rest of us. You're like the rest of us. We wanted like yesterday, right?
1: Like yesterday. And sometimes you just got to slow down. And timing is everything. Pay attention to what's going on. Again, have a strategy of where you want to go as a leader, where you want to take your people as a leader, how well of a leader you want to be. Sometimes you have to identify who you want to follow you and have your priorities. You can't have it all in the same day and all at the same time. But if you pace yourself, if you have those priorities, if you have those goals, if you have that timetable, if you value your work, then eventually, I really believe it will happen. And it just—it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, like I said, I've been in healthcare leadership for over 40 years. And some days I go home and I think, wow, well, I'm doing this right. And some days I go home and feel like, oh, wow, did I just start doing this yesterday? Yeah. You know, so, so be flexible. And that's the other thing. Be flexible. It's not always all about you.
0: Yes. It's, uh, Dr. Walters, that a, a perfect place for us to pause is leadership is not about us. Leadership is really about taking care of the people that are counting on you. And, and I love the idea of be patient. I mean, because today's world, <laughs> everybody seems to be impatient. Whether you're in a in a drive-through trying to get, get lunch really fast, or whether you want to get a meeting over quick, or or whether you want to get out of church fast, or, or no people have become very, very impatient. Mm-hmm. And one of the characteristics of a great leader is being okay with being patient. So Dr. Walters, it's been a pleasure. I mean, all the wisdom that you dropped. Thank you for sharing with us and coming on and for the phenomenal work that you continue to do and and being a a leader in our community that's visible, that's authentic, and that cares about people. I mean, that's how you've always shown up. And so thank you for being that role model for our community for so many years and continue to do the work. And for everybody's listening to us, again, uh, Ron Harvey and and the guest is Dr. Cynthia Walters. Thank you. On Turning Point Leadership, going from success to significance, our goal is to add value to you and give you something that continues to help you build in your journey and give you something that makes you more effective as a leader. So thank you for joining us on Turning Point Leadership Roundtable. And today we were talking about workforce shortages and the things that that we can do as leaders to really address some of the issues that we're seeing across the globe with workforce shortages. So thank you for joining us. Again, we're here every first Monday and Wednesday. You will see a guest. So thank you all for joining us. And till next time, this is Ron Harvey and Dr. Waters. We're signing off for today. Thank you. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this edition of Turning Point Leadership with your host, Ron Harvey. We're so glad you joined us. Remember to join us every first and third Mondays and expect to receive real answers for real leadership challenges. Until next time, make a difference where you are and with what you have. There are those who are
1: counting on you for effective leadership.